You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. Noah Scott signing on with an incredible guest today. I'm super excited. So Jeff Lysowitz. He is a coach, an author, and he burns with a mission to inspire heart-centered solopreneurs and creative types of every flavor to amp up their power and shine in the world. As an award-winning musician, producer, college songwriting professor, and critically acclaimed author, he's distributed filmmaker and also an internationally in-demand coach for creatives. Jeff has ultimately devoted his life to empowering others. Ooh. Welcome to the Ooh. show, Jeff. This is going to yeah. be exciting. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, great so, to be here. Thank you. Yeah, what a what a cool bio. You you really you really hyped it up here. So, do you want to take a mm. minute and just talk about who you are and uh, and and what you do? Sure. So, you know, growing up, I was always sort of the weird, friendless kid, um, imaginary worlds and all that kind of stuff. When I got to when I was about maybe seven or eight years old, I went to summer camp, sleepaway camp. And every night there was some free time. And one of these counselors brought up a big 70s drum kit, stereo and a box of records. And he'd play to these records every night after dinner. And I was a little kid would sit there and listen to him. One day he comes out and he's like, hey kid, come here. I'm like, wait, what? Comes over and he says, you want to come in and check this out? Like I'm like eight years uh-huh. old, you know, <laughs> the sun's going down, the fireflies are coming out. <clears throat> and I've been listening to this guy, you know, for days from outside from 30, 40 feet away. So I go into this empty cabin, this guy puts on the who song, won't get fooled again. And if you know the who and you know that song, that's a major rocker, that one. And this guy just bangs the drum and my little heart just explodes. Like something is going on with this music. And that was kind of the beginning of my creative journey. I won't go into the whole bio, but I've done tons of music for film and TV. Like I said, teach, teaching songwriters, all that kind of stuff. I was a music journalist um, for the big rock radio station that broke grunge music to the world. That was pretty cool. All kinds of stuff like that. But I'm also a filmmaker, a writer, um, you know, photographer. I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm really into helping people know themselves and express themselves. Cause I feel mm. that's, um, you know, it, it's a big thing, whether it's through like work, you know, making money through this kind of stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, just doing it as an expression of who we are as humans. Creativity is not a luxury item. Mm, yeah what a what a yeah it's such an interesting phrase yeah it's it's inside of all of us right it's it's really uh powerful once you know how to tap into it so i'd imagine that you know going through your creative journey there have been times where maybe it wasn't so easy and you've had to struggle <laughs> with with figuring out how to do it do you want to share a story of a time that you maybe had the odds stacked against you and uh you pushed through anyway yes absolutely so when I, first of all, when I was in college and I was, uh, you know, starting to create my world and my vision for where I was going, my uh, instructor, my um, advisor said to me, hey, if you're going to be an artist, if you're going to be a creative, 
be ready for 97% pain and rejection. And I was like, come on, can't be that bad. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, it kind of is, but it's also kind of worth it, right? Holding true to your values. So here's my story around this. So as a screenwriter, I'm taking all these classes, mentored by a top guy at UCLA, all this kind of great stuff, running around LA trying to sell my screenplays, getting bites, but selling a screenplay is a big deal. And at that time, I had not gotten any sales. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I got a couple thousand dollars in my pocket. I'm going to make my own film. Did I go to, you know, uh, did I go to film school? Do I have any idea what I'm doing? No, no, and no. But of course, I have the punk rock attitude, which uh, part of it is do it yourself. D-I-Y, do it yourself. Always had that. So... I find a guy who knows how to do the camera and sound. I hire the actors. I do this whole thing. As I'm uh, finishing this up, I'm realizing that this is costing me literally 10 times as much as I thought it would. Oops. But I was kind of so far into it. I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta do it. I can't see they're worth nothing or something. Anyway, I finished this thing. I think it's pretty good. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put this out to film festivals. That's kind of the next step generally put the stuff out. I get rejected from every single one. I'm like, oh man, this ain't cool. Not good. Right. And then out of the blue, I get a call from somebody and she says, Hey, a friend of mine at a film festival turned me on to your movie and I love it. I work for a streaming platform. We want to do a worldwide deal with you for this film. What? So I went from, you know, basically not being able to sell the script to making the movie, to overspending the movie, to not, you know, getting anywhere with the movie to the goal. How is that possible? I don't know, but it happened. Wow. Incredible. It's so, it's so hilarious because that's kind of the same process we went through producing my film. It's, it's, it's just, it's just so funny. And and like, you have to be resourceful, but um, mm-hmm. you know, and I love the fact that you just stayed persistent throughout. Um, talk to us a little bit about what was going through your head, like at that moment, like when um, we kind of just jumped from rejection to success. Like, where was the, what was going on in in, in yeah. Jeff's mo- mind at that time? Yeah. So you know, we're built as humans to understand the world, at least partially by how the world, by how other people react to us, right? And we we tend to see ourselves in a way that other people see us, okay? So when you're rejected by 10 or 20 or whatever film festivals in a row, the typical takeaway would be, Maybe I suck at this, you know, maybe I need some more work. Maybe I got to figure this out in a different way. So that's what was going through my head. I'm like, geez, maybe this isn't good. Even though before I sent the thing out, I'm like, damn, this movie's good. I like this. I think I did a really good job. Right. So then, you know, I get all that rejection and feeling like that's, you know, not really happening. And then I get this other phone call that says, Hey, you're a genius. We want your movie. Here's money. Mm -hmm. right so then suddenly it's like huh well gee maybe i you know maybe i am good at this maybe this is a thing Mm. 
What this tells what this tells me at uh, at a bigger level is that we need to stay true to ourselves and our vision. Right? Some of the world is going to get it. Some most of the world is not, and that's okay. Because the truth is, we must be true to ourselves in what we do. Right? Yeah. And let's. So, when it comes to you know some of the things that you share with with your with your clients in particular, and and probably some of the stuff that's in the book as well. Mm-hmm. When it comes to finding that thing that you that is true to yourself, what are some of the ways in which you recommend people to um, to navigate towards that? Great question, um, and something that a lot of people struggle with. So. This was only maybe five or 10 years ago that I came across this concept, which is really kind of huge. It's a Japanese concept called Ikigai. Okay. This is not the weirdo on the bus or something like that. This is a Japanese concept. And it is essentially the overlap of different elements of our lives. One is what you love. Okay. One is what you're good at. Another one is what the world needs and what the world will pay for. So think of these as each each one of those as a circle in a in a Venn diagram. And uh, you know, if I was on a class here, I could show you my picture of this. But when where all of these things come together at the center is something where you love it, you're good at it, the world needs it, and the world will pay for it. If you can tap into that center place, that is your reason for being. That is how you can offer value and goodness to the world. So using that idea as a framework, you simply go through each of these circles. What am I good at? What do I love? And then once you got that, it's what does the world need? And then is somebody actually going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Right. If you can, if you can dial all these things in and get yourself into that center point, you've got something good. Yeah. And I love that we kind of hinted on this when you were talking earlier about you don't need the entire world to need it or pay for it, but you need enough of the world where you can. You can exactly. So one of my, I've got a blog post on this on my site it, and the title of it is shoot for sustainable, not superstar. Even uh-huh. though I call my, my, my people superstars, the, the concept is there's only, you know, there's only a handful of Taylor Swifts out there, right? The really top, 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 right? And the ch- chances are, you're not going to be that. You're not going to get that. You're not going to be a billionaire. That's okay. Right. What you need is something that is sustainable in your life, something that gives you joy and service and connection, something that is something that you love and you can grow in. Right. Doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. That's like one of America's like like biggest misconceptions. It doesn't have to be big to be great. It has to be great to be great. Mm hmm. And you can always grow into it. That was a, I loved how you brought that in as well. So that you can get good at something, even if you, if you're starting and you like it, you get the world's going to pay for it, that the world needs it. You might not be good at it yet, but you know, you can get better with practice. Yeah. When the band, the police came to the United States of America on their first tour, 
they were, they landed in New York City. They played a gig in New York City. The Police, you know, huge, one of the biggest bands of the '80s. There were three people in the audience: the bartender, their manager, and one of their girlfriends. <laughs> okay. Eight years later, they were one of the biggest bands in the world. So yes, we can grow into things. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so now let's let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the practical side of of getting your creative dreams off the ground. As this is kind of I'm pulling that from the title of your book here, um, sure. "No Bullshit Guide for Getting Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground." I freaking love that. It's just it's just so right. to the point. Um, so what are some of the practical tips? Cause it sounds like there are quite a bit of practical tips, um, in here. And, uh, it sounds like that's kind of your approach. Sure. sure. Um, yes. So one of the pieces is you need to understand why you are doing the thing that you are, are moving towards, whether it's, uh, you know, a creative uh, venture or anything else. You need to know what drives you because if you don't know, you're not tapping into the energy that is potentially there for you, right? Many people do things and they're just not even conscious of why they're doing it, right? So we want to know that. What's another thing? Start before you're ready, right? That's kind of what we were just talking about. You don't have to be an expert in the thing to do the thing. You need to do the thing to do the thing. It's like, you know, why do you think? Nike sold a million sneakers, just do it, right? It was so simple, but it's true, right? So you got stuff like that. What else? Fail fast, okay? So failure is like this loaded word, right? Well, let's change failure to feedback, okay? Mm -hmm. You got your thing, you do your thing, guess what? It doesn't go exactly like you want it to, okay? Take a breath, look at it, and then ask as many questions as you can think of from every direction, what worked, what didn't work, why, right? Understand that the best you can, change your approach, change your product, your whatever you're doing, do it again. Guess what? You're gonna fail again on some level. But again, it's not failure, it's feedback. Every successful person in the world, whether in creativity or business or anything, has failed about a million times before they get to their position. And by the way, they still fail constantly. If they're growing, they're still failing because that's part of the definition. Absolutely. And so what are some of the things that you're really excited about um, looking into the future or at least the, the near future coming, coming, coming up? This could be in regards to your business. It could be in regards to just um, some of the future trends that are out there. You know, we got web three coming out. There's a lot of uh, decentralization happening. In your world, what 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 in particular stands out as something that's noteworthy? Well, I think this pandemic has, I mean, it's it's obviously been terrible in many, many, many ways. One of the things that it's doing is, at least in my experience, is it's it's compressing our experience, meaning many people are not running around, going out, doing the thing right? The things that they want to do as much as they normally would because, you know, because of the pandemic. When the pandemic is over, which we all hope it is over ASAP, I believe that the what this has done to us as a general culture and as myself as well, is that it's saying, you know what? There is only so much time on this earth. Your life is a ticking clock, Okay, so what are you going to do, right? 
like the sort of specter of, of illness and death has been around us now for a long time. What, how can we use that to propel ourselves to move forward in the directions of our dreams, in the directions of value, creativity, service, goodness, spirituality, whatever your thing is. So I'm looking forward to basically the pendulum swing uh, when this release hopefully soon happens. I love it. It's it's almost as if there's a a sense of questioning, you know, what what is the deeper meaning that it seems to be a collective question and it's really, really powerful. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and as people are in this state frame of mind of just, you know, looking at their life critically and saying, okay, how do I, how do I make my life a little better? How do I make my existence more meaningful? What decision-making frameworks or mental models have you found particularly helpful to either use in your own life or to share with your clients in terms of facing these decisions and finding the courage to take action with them? Um, Decision-making. So in the Western world, the Western culture, we get really hung up on our brains. Oh my goodness. My brain is so smart. And Hey, I'm sure it is. Right. But intellect is only one part of our knowing you can make a very logical decision with your intellect. Fantastic. Good for you. That's great. And oftentimes that's, you know, that's a smart move, right? That's generally a smart move. However, it is not the only resource that we have. We can understand the situation through our heart, through our intuition, through our feeling, through our consciousness, right? And that can inform a decision. Some of the best decisions, I bet if you ask people this, the best decisions most people ever make in their lives will not be intellectual. They will be driven from the heart, right? Driven from this, in, this uh, in, intuitive sense. So when you put these two sides together, that's where the real power is to understand the head and the heart, right? To take that in and not decide just from your brain, but decide from your a bigger sense of yourself. Mm. Well, very, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah. all right, we're working towards wrapping up here. And so I'd love to just see if we can sum summarize one of your most impactful life lessons to 30 seconds or so. And, and this can also be some advice you've heard from, a friend along your journey. Impact. Uh, so I'm not quite sure I understand oh, the question. If, uh, if you could sum up your most impactful life lesson, or this could be a piece of advice that you've heard from someone along your journey. Um, and it could be a particularly powerful mantra that you carry around. What would that be? Well, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the sneaker company. Just do it. Right. Because there is always reasons you can always find a reason not to do things. Right. And there's always going to be fear, resistance, you know, obstacles. Okay. Sometimes they're legit and sometimes they're not. So taking a really good look at where you want to go, why you want to go there and what's stopping you and then determining both through the head and the heart. If this is a reasonable, you know, step forward or unreasonable, which is fine too. Like unreasonable, making that movie was unreasonable and it worked. Yeah. 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 
So how do people stay in touch with you, Jeff? How do they, how do they support you along the journey? Where do they find all of your stuff? Sure. Uh, well, you can get the book just on Amazon. If you can uh, spell my last name, you'll be able to find it. Um, but please go to my website, jefflizowitz.com. Uh, again, you got to spell my name for that. Hopefully you'll have a link somewhere for that. <laughs> I'm happy to do a complimentary, you know, zoom sessions with people to show you how I can help you, uh, step it up, go, you know, get past your blocks, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'd love to hear from, from all you guys out there. Fantastic. Well, awesome. This is, this has been really powerful. Thank you so much for, um, for sharing the, the insights, the wisdom and the stories. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of the big possible show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know, I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show. And it also gives me a signal that, Hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.